Okay, so it's podcasting day. Um, you're going to hear some awkward noise in the background, potentially. It's a fan. It's warm for October, just as a heads up. And uh, I got a friend who's baking a baby in here. Okay, so yeah. just as a heads up. It's, it's not a constant blinker. There's not something wrong with the background <laughs> in your yeah. phone. It's fine. Okay, so. I, I thought you were going to reference your uh, daughter. Oh, well, I have. Protesting her naps. I, yeah. <laughs> send good vibes to the universe. I have asked that repeatedly. Like, in the last week or two. Can you hear my daughter? Can you hear my daughter? And everything? No, no, no. So, I'm, no, I'm not so concerned about That's it. Good. And she's actually quieter right That's now. Good. So, positive vibes. <sighs> it's podcasting day. Hey, yo! <laughs> uh, and it doesn't help when she's got a cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs mom next door hollering yeah. like a fancy monkey all the time. <laughs> she's just picking up the energy. <gasps> she is. But, anyway. I needed a refreshment break. So, tell them who you are. <laughs> My name is Anderson. What's your name? No, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just Anderson. You can find me at photoswithanderson.com or on Facebook. Uh, you can also search for that private group, Boudoir Photos with Anderson. And if you have not seen Lacey's photos, oh my god. Like, I cannot wait to have my own studio where I can just blow those up and hang them on the wall. Like, I absolutely loved doing Lacey's session. And I'm so happy that Hope shared her photos today, too. Yeah. I woke up to that and I was very proud of her. Yeah, so. I would definitely encourage y'all to go check those out. Um, I have not asked Hope yet. I doubt she'll say no. But I have had permission to share both of those. Well, <laughs> both of those. I'm going to, would love to share both of those in the VIP page um, for y'all to see if you still haven't checked out Anderson's page. And I'll make sure to tag it so you can because... Oh my gosh. Yeah. Fantastic. And we, got, and we have that November boudoir bash coming up. So Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so mm-mm-mm. congratulations on that show. This is Rachel Vote over here. Um Instagram is that vote for parties. And Facebook. That's Facebook. You can find me there for sure. <laughs> Lots of places. Lots of places there. Uh, VIP page for eighteen years or older and feminine energy. That is just taking off today. I refreshed and saw that we were at 3,900 members. Oh, my God. I know. I think the last time I looked at your numbers, you were only at, like, 2,500. So, like, that's Oh, my hard. gosh. I don't even... I, don't, I, I know without a doubt we will hit 4,000 before 2021. And I am super stoked about that. That's just organic and yeah. continues to grow. And it's most... I mean, I am back to doing in-home parties, but uh, it's been mostly word of mouth and referrals coming in from other women who are in the group, which is just really powerful. And don't forget, like, y'all are just part of that, building that culture. So, whew, it's good stuff for sure. And, um, I got some, like, mentoring and coaching things coming up. Uh, if you're, if you're interested, okay, um, short version. Discord, so if you're feeling anxiety, stress, worry, any of those things in your relationships, your wealth, your finances, it's the same thing. Spirituality, your mental and physical well-being, and your passion, hit me up. One-to-ones, I've got some empowerment classes, and then an online option coming up at the end of the month. Pretty spectacular, so... Lots of different ways to find us. Okay, so what we're going to talk about today um, that we did waste probably 10 minutes talking about outside of filming podcast is, uh, we'll probably wrap back into it. There's this thing out there that, especially women, I can't say that for sure. I don't know why I said that. Um, I mean, stereotypically, though. Potentially like, stereotypically, you're yeah. You're conditioned to think that this is what women are supposed to do. Sure. Or supposed to stress out. Yeah, I just don't think that people talk about it enough for it to even be a recognized known issue or trigger or trauma-inducing or anything uh, at all. Like, I don't think I ever did. Like, oh, so yeah. you, you've always been aware of it? Because not me. 
I think I have, yeah. No, see, this will be interesting for sure then. So we want to talk about control today. Um, <clears throat> and, well, I want you go first then because, yeah, for me, like, I think anything that I knew about control was all subconscious and um, was embedded for me and I'm undoing now. Well, what like, in what context do you want me to talk about it? Maybe you should set it up and I can take it from there. Okay, so, like, um, when I started getting professionally coached when I started signing up for services that were more one-on-one about me and where I was I started to learn you know like I mean like everybody talks about I don't know let me reset so I started learning more about the circle of control meaning I can only control myself Mm -hmm. I can't control anything outside of myself I don't think there was ever a line for me like I just think that like I didn't even things just happen the way that they happen whatever like, um, for example, I would say, like, one of my best friends who, um, whenever she rides with me, like, she's, like, the driver, or, like, on the side, yeah. pass, side passenger driver, right? Backseat driver, yeah. I don't know why I said that, but, yeah, 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 yeah. So, it, that's anxiety for her. Like, she's out of control because she can't drive, mm-hmm. and it's physically manifesting so fast and heavily that she's reacting in front of me, right? And it's a joke, like, it's not a big deal, um... But the only way to relieve that would be if she was the driver in that mm-hmm. circumstance. And, and um, you know, like, I, I would be aware of it in that regard. Like, like s- stop freaking out. But I wouldn't really recognize it on, a ver- like, a perspective of control. It was just like, why are you so jumpy? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah. So, this was really powerful for me when I started recognizing it. Because it was definitely more about a leadership view first for me. Mm-hmm. Um in terms of everything within the circle around me is things I can control. Um, and I still don't think initially I, t- I tapped into emotionally control even. It was just like the things I could physically control mm-hmm. about me or around me. Hence why I, partly I say all the time that I think that that's why I love doing hair because I can control hair much easier than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, makeup is one of those things too. Wardrobe, right? Like that's why I used to wear all black, so on and so forth. Like those are things you could control. Um, and then everything beyond that is a level of influence. But people don't make that distinction. And that was really, that to learn about control in that moment and have that, like, that instant visual going, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Anything beyond that is just I act how I act and people take it in and they reel it into their world however they need to. Mm-hmm. And that, even that was still, like, a, a, a layer by layer because that was the initial. And then beyond that was, that's why I can't care about what they think about me or what I say, or the misinterpretations, because that's not how I meant it. Because the only thing I can control is what comes out my mouth. So if I see a reaction, body language, that they're like cringing or something, I can choose to go, maybe I need to clarify if I want to preserve this relationship. Or I can choose to get defensive and go, why are they reading like that? Like, what's wrong with them? Mm -hmm. You know? So. Well, see, it's funny because I feel like I was very aware that my (laughs) issues growing up was control-based. And it very much so comes from my unique upbringing and my situation of growing up with an alcoholic father who was physically abusive. I, you know, at seven, eight years old, I'm the one that turned him in to authorities. I'm the one that went to the the school counselor and, you know, said like, hey, my dad's hitting us. And so I'm the one that kind of got the ball rolling with all of that. And so I, from a young age, always felt like I I was kind of forced in a way. Like I, I mean, I see now that those were the choices I made though. But it felt like I was being forced to step up into a leadership role. And you can't see my air quotes leadership because <laughs> I realize 
now looking back at it that I had a very skewed view of leadership. So to me, leadership was controlling a situation. It was, it was not guiding people to do their best. It was, I'm going to tell you what you're to, you're going to do and you're going to do it and I'm going to control the outcome of whatever the situation is. And so I took that into group projects in school. Like I would step up and be like, okay, this is what we're doing. And I would give everyone their assignments and just like follow up with them or whatever, like check in to see if they did what they were supposed to do. But I didn't, I did not look at leadership from, especially from a young age as a chance to mm-hmm. coach mm-hmm. or mold people mm-hmm. or influence mm-hmm. people. Yes. It, it was, was a, bossy. It was bossy. It was, yes. a, it was a control thing. Yes. And that led into me getting quick promotions at jobs. And so it was, I was rewarded for my behavior and rewarded yes. yeah. um, for my way of thinking about control. But even the whole like jumpy car thing, I 100% knew and know and have always known that that, like I do that. And right now it's even worse because I'm pregnant. But like when Brett's driving, like like I have to close my eyes and or look out the window and just not pay attention to traffic because I will jump and I will like freak out. And it's a control thing. It's I don't like like I don't feel safe in this situation because yeah. I am not in control. So mm-hmm. if I and I'm trying my hardest to give up those controls. So my in between tool right now is to just not pay attention to it. Like I'm in the car, I know that I could look out the window, but I'm just gonna choose to look out my side window and just trust that we're going to get to point A and point B safely. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there, I mean, there, I guess I could go into like a lot of different examples, but I think that just because of my unique situation as a child, I always knew that it was about about control. That's funny because, so what we're talking about, um, I had recently come across this box of papers that my dad had kept from all of our, from all of us for school stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, this is when we have paper report cards, guys, <laughs> on carbon copy paper, by right. the way, sometimes. Um, re- like, I'm talking as early as second grade. They w- It said, Rachel displays leadership skills. Same. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, like, year after year, Rachel displays great social skills. Like, And I'm like... What? <laughs> First, like literally, like I don't, I don't remember any of this. Like mm-hmm. I, I remember going to conferences with my parents, and I remember like they spoke highly of me, like I was doing well in school, and I appreciated that. Like you know, I'd be respectful, and even though school was really not my thing, I still was able to get good grades. Um, but like what you're saying, like being in any position that I would be put into as well, I never really realized it that I was being put in that position. Like mm-hmm. even in my social circle in middle schools where it really picked up and I didn't even like, like all ego aside, I can say without a doubt, like I was one of the queen bees and I didn't even really know it. Like I still felt so insecure about who I was that I didn't see that. But I was in a level of control and power that I... <laughs> I don't know. It's like, I, I mean, I, the same thing was like, I wasn't guided. Yeah. Like it was, I kept hearing these things and I think I associated leadership to boss, yeah. which meant bossy, which meant dictator, which meant mm-hmm. like not really supportive, you know, cause you had to keep other people down to show your, who you were, I suppose. Oh yeah. I guess. I, looking back at it and like, this makes me cringe. Like physically my whole body is like grossed out, but I can think of all of the, like, you know, I used to say like, Anytime I, like, lost a best friend growing up, it was, it was, like, excommunicado, we did not talk anymore, like, I I could never, like, be best friends with somebody and then just, like, part ways, like, slowly kind of thing. I now have as an adult, but growing up, like, it was, like, throw down, ugly, drag out fights would happen because 
and looking back at it now and I, I'm just having this aha moment is because in my friendships growing up, I was always the one in control of the situation. I was the one that said that we, what we were going to do. I was the one that like, like, oh, I don't want to do that right now. So we're not going to do that. Or, oh, I want to do this. So we're going to go do this. And if you didn't want to do those things, then I was just like, cool, I don't want to be your friend anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I was kind of a shitty child. But like, if I look at my childhood, like I was doing the best I could with the things that I knew how to do at that time. And with how I, my relationship with my family completely translated to my relationships with my friends. If I don't get what I want, I'm going to be an asshole about it. Yes, 100%. Yeah, and you were an emotional asshole while your dad was both emotional and physical. Physical, yeah. yeah. And so I definitely was one of those controlling people. And if you didn't, if you stood up to me or if you wanted to, to be a leader or in control or whatever, then I just walked away. And it was, I think very much so, I was so insecure about myself that I thought the only way to be secure or become secure with myself was to be a queen bee or feel or secure yeah mm -hmm. or feel secure was to be like a quote-unquote queen bee of whatever social circle i was in yeah because i was never the type of girl that was like queen bee no, this queen bee of the school but i definitely wanted to feel queen bee of my social circle yeah i mean i was nominated for homecoming queen in high school but that's legit because i was just like hey you should vote for me and then I got nominated. I was like, well, mm -hmm. um, but again, that was a situation of control. I was, just, I literally told people, you should nominate me. You should vote for me. You should nominate me. And then I was, and I was just like, oh shit. <laughs> like, cause I didn't right. think it happened. Right. Yeah. So, um, hear my heart when I say like, for those of you that aren't even like aware or tapping into this conversation about where your level of control is or your awareness of your level of control or how you feel about your awareness of your level of control mm -hmm. any of these things if you have anxiety at any level mm -hmm. that's mostly what it's about it's because you don't feel like you're in the control of the outcome of the situation right and here's how i recommend working on rectifying that um <clears throat> so when we look at anxiety and this is all my opinion right Anxiety to me is worry that's got out of control. Mm -hmm. We didn't have said that, but we're backing it up. And what's worry? Worry is like anything, concern or yeah. bad feeling out of control. It's putting energy into things you don't want. Yes, exactly. So <clears throat> when you can get more vague about it in terms of understanding where it starts, because like I recently had a conversation with somebody I deeply, deeply care about. Um, but, and sometimes I feel like my, my personal development journey is wedging us apart slightly. Um, and only because, not because I like, I'm, I'm afraid of her energy or anything like that. It's more because I feel like I'm probably annoying her, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Well, we were talking about, um, anxiety and worry and she was thankfully being very candid that she felt like she was kind of stressing out a little bit and, you know, um, I don't really remember what we were speaking about, but I said something to her like, oh my, well, let me ask you a question. Do you feel like you are choosing these thoughts, these anxious thoughts, these things that make you physically shut down sometimes? And she says, no, I, I can't imagine that I would choose these thoughts for myself, you know? And it was just like, my heart broke and I really couldn't take that conversation anywhere further because we're two different beliefs at this moment. And that's mm -hmm. totally cool because I was in her shoes at one point. Mm -hmm. I would say the exact same thing. I'm not wishing this upon myself. I absolutely think this is miserable. Um, and I f just wanted to make sure that I didn't cross a, a boundary that would end up making her feel defensive about how she felt. It's more of, I just want to plant the seed, mm -hmm. right? Um, and all I'm, all I'm desiring is relief for her. Um, but how else is it happening? You know what I mean? Like if, 
if you're in, you, well, I mean, I know what people think. It's, it's my boyfriend who's not showing up on time. It's my boss at work who won't promote me. Like, right. Those are all external things that we can't control. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's why you have to remember that's only influence. So how do you get the better job? Well, you have a candid conversation with your boss about, Hey, I kind of thought that I was primed for that promotion and it can't be about like, woe is me. It needs to be, what can I do? Uh, or what do I need to do to show up for that when it opens up next time? Right. It can't be my boyfriend shows up late. It needs to be. I don't know if my boyfriend even knows what my expectation of him to be home at a decent hour is. Does he know? He might not know. Right. So um, give yourself grace. It's OK. Like I just that's what it is. That's part of it. Right. <laughs> yeah. I am fully aware that when I have anxiety attacks and when I freak the fuck out, it's the small external influences in my life that I'm choosing to think negatively about or I'm choosing to do the what if game and worry about the future instead of enjoying the present or living in the present. And that's what my monkey, my monkey mind hears those like small negative thoughts that start out like minuscule, like, Oh, right. You know, I texted something dirty to my boyfriend and he hasn't responded and it's mm -hmm. been all day. And then I'm and like, I saw he read it and yeah. And then I'm like, Oh my God, then, you know, he must not like that. Or like, he must've like thought that I was gross or like weird or whatever. Cause like, you know, sometimes that's not our jam. Mm -hmm. And so then it's just like, Oh my God, like he's freaking out. Like he's probably like really annoyed with me. I, he was at work and like, I probably distracted him or something or he got in trouble for looking at his phone, blah, 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 blah. And then my monkey mind's like, Oh, she's freaking the fuck out. And we're, yeah. we're just going to explode it. And then we're going to make her worry about literally everything else in her life. And we're going to make her worry about every single relationship in her life. We're going to make her worry about her job, her income, her future happiness, like all rides on the fact that her boyfriend did not respond to her text message. Yep. And then he walks in 12 hours, 13 hours later, because, you know, with his job, he never gets home at a decent hour. Um, but that is because he is not the, the head boss. He just works until they say go home. But he comes home and he's just like, hey, I really like that text message. And I'm like, then why didn't you respond? And he's just like, well, I was at work and we were really busy and I didn't have time to be on my phone today. He's like, so I'd rather just talk to you about it. I'm like... I wish I would have known that instead of spending literally the whole day in like freak out mode. In doubt. Yeah. But yeah. then I told him and then I, you know, I was very candid with him and I was just like, you know, I was starting to get a complex about like, I'm not allowed to say those kind of things. And since I was candid and set expectations about these are things, this is the type of conversation I enjoy. Like I enjoy having these types of conversations with you. I would like to have more of these conversations in the future. Or how about a, just a simple, that was, that was hot. Um, I won't be available for the next couple of hours, but I'll be thinking about that. Yes. He, we, we still haven't uh, touched up or, or turned up the text message conversations while he's at work. But the conversations... Well, I'm just saying. Yeah, no, no. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But ever since I was open and candid and set my expectations about the things that I enjoy mm. with those types of conversations... The, the those kind of types of conversations have turned up tenfold at home in person. So it's like, well, okay, like compromise. Uh, yeah. we, we both, we set our expectations... Where, like, we're very honest with each other. I was hoping that he would respond. He was very just, hey, I can't be on my phone at work. Yep. So if it's not, like, an emergency, then I might forget to respond to you. Like, don't, like, I'm thinking about, about it. It's not about, yeah, it's yeah. not about you. Yeah. It's just, I don't want to get in trouble at work. Where my money's coming from. Mm. Which is another spiral. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so when you talk about the monkey mind, which is... um funny <laughs> monkey mind is one way to describe the self-doubt that you carry around with you um and it's not ill intended necessarily um because one version of it is to look at it as the thing that's meant to keep you alive so it wants to keep you in your comfort zone 
However, one thing that I've been kind of delving into hearing a lot more about is that when you take it one step further, monkey mind is not anything different than ego, right? Ego is the same thing. Like I have to protect my image. I can't step outside my comfort zone because if I fail, people will laugh at me and then what happens, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so when you talk about ego, when I, you strip away just about everything when it comes to like religious context um, or association, ego is the devil, the, the, the devil is the thing that tries to keep you doing the things that you shouldn't be doing, right? Mm -hmm. For whatever reason. And then when you strip that away, if you don't have an image to it, what is it? It's sin. And what's really sin? Sin's just a bad feeling. Right? There's really, there's no sin. There's no sin that's actually true. It's not a law, like a law of gravity or law of reciprocity or law of attraction, right? It's just the bad feeling we have about doing those things. Yeah. Yes. And the fear that's been seeded into us that there's a, you know. The fear of judgment. A, God, a, yeah. like a fear-based God, a revengeful God that would never love you again if you did any of these things. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is crazy because, I mean, I, I can't say I have any obviously religious background, but what I'm understanding is that for most people there is a way to absolve your sin while you're still here on earth anyway. Mm -hmm. As long as you confess or and then somebody tells you what to do in terms of clearing your conscience, right? So how is that different? Like why... Why hold yourself to the the sword when you do something that you feel bad about and think that you have to be cleansed by something or somebody else when you already know what the answer is? Mm -hmm. That you're already always going to be loved by the universe, by your Buddha, by your God, whatever it is. So that helps for you to process, I think, a bad feeling a lot faster. Because you, if you can strip it away to that, from the shame, the guilt, whatever it is, then it's just, oh, I'm always loved? Okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, control is. <laughs> it sounds like a madhouse over here. There's a cat screaming. There's a baby crying. Well, now she's laughing at the cat, I think. I don't think so. Oh, no. It sounds she's like mad. she was for a second. Yeah, I wish she was. I wish she was. I'm sending her positive vibes, so she's just not feeling it. But here's, this is one of these things. Like, parenting is a really great example of that. You know, when you're in this phase of, I want what I want all the time from a two-year-old and you're trying to make sure that you impart enough, I don't even know what you would say, it's not wisdom, that's the word I'm looking for, but enough something for her to know, hey, listening to your inner guidance system about what feels good is important, but somehow, some way, I have to also get you to understand I cannot let you do what you want 24 hours a day, seven days a week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's got to be some structure until you're old enough to do whatever you want. Um, and this is why we're frustrated because I don't want to lay down and take a nap, mom. You don't have to go to sleep. You can just lay there and rest. I don't want to do that either. I want to scream like a banshee. So I know that like when Cole was at this age, even just as a regular tantrum, it used to test my patience, especially if I was in, is, uh, if I was in public with somebody or anywhere and other people could see or hear, like it was embarrassing mm -hmm. to say the least. And now I'm just like. She's her own human being. I can't control her. I cannot control her. There's nothing wrong with her. She's just upset and she's having a bad time right now. Uh, and that's it. So I can sit here and either feel guilty because I'm letting her cry it out. I can sit here and like get angry and frustrated because she hasn't stopped since you got here. Right? Mm -hmm. like, all of these are options and my option is to choose. She will be fine. She's right here. She's next door. She's going to survive. And... Uh, quiet time is important for somebody who just spent three hours outside. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's just that reflection and that moment of pausing and choosing to 
review what your eyeballs just streamed into your body before you log it in as a fact for yourself. You know what makes sense? <laughs> Sweet! Sweet, okay. You know, I mean, I have that problem with, you know, my, my soon-to-be stepchildren are a little bit older, but it's very much so... It, but I find myself getting my patients tested or letting myself get to a point of frustration with them when I tell them, like, okay, it's time to clean your room. And then they're like, oh, my room is clean. And then I walk in there, I'm like, do you not see all the toys on the floor, the clothes on the floor, your dirty laundry needs to go in the hamper, things like that. And then I don't know if it was our one of the podcasts that we were just talking about where we just, or maybe it was like a tic- parenting TikTok that I listened to, but it was very much so about we need to get rid of the idea that, that children understand our expectations if we haven't taken the time to explain it to them. And so I went, like, I took each individual child into their room and I told them, I was like, okay, cleaning your room or picking up your room means that all of your toys need to go into your bin. So let's do it together. I'm going to help you, but let's put all of your toys in your bin. Did it. Took 30 seconds. Okay. And now all, you know, when you take your, your dirty clothes off, they need to go in the hamper. That's where they belong. If they belong in the dirty hamper so that dad or I can wash your clothes later. So we picked up all the dirty clothes and then, and then I showed them, you know, reminded them to hang up their clean clothes if they decided not to wear it, but they took it off the hanger or out of the drawer or whatever. And then their rooms were clean in two minutes, three minutes tops because their rooms weren't that dirty. But to me, they weren't clean, quote unquote. But then it was, I set the expectations for them. I showed them that I was willing to do it and got down on their level and showed them that it was not a punishment. And so it was less of a control moment and more of a guiding moment or an influence moment. Or a passing on a life skill moment. Yes. Because that's the same. Yes. I mean, I think I... I could think of a hundred examples that, as that as well. It was it's remembering that these people have never done these things before, or they yeah. won't remember to do them the second time necessarily, especially because they have shorter attention spans than yes. we do. And this is not they don't understand the importance of why they need to learn this in this moment. So um, patience is just a virtue for both sides, and the amount of relief you can bring yourself in parenting just to go. The floor looks terrible after it's swept by a 12-year-old, but he swept it to a 12-year-old standard. So, hey, buddy, maybe we just remember that who tried it, like, ends up in the corners. Okay, see that? You want to get deep in those corners. You want to make sure you sweep underneath the chairs of the table, just the things that you said. Like, why would they think to even clean things like that, right? Like, it's, if you don't show them how to do it once, at least, I mean, a wipe down on a toilet is as clean as it's going to get for them. They don't care. They don't know. They have no idea. Oh, yeah, and explaining why we do things a certain way like cleaning dishes and you know we have tried or I have tried to start implementing the uh, it's a ultimately it's a reward system for doing chores around the house but it's teaching Mason that instead of just getting things or us just buying him toys and and V-Bucks for his PlayStation and things like that like he he can earn them he's at an age now where he can help out around the house right those are luxuries yes yeah and so but it's the Reminding myself, like, he volunteers all the time to do the dishes, but then I'm like, oh, I'm just going to have to redo them, like, do them again, because he, you know, he's going to clean them to an eight-year-old standards, but in my head, I'm like, oh, he's not going to do them right, blah, blah, blah. So it's the taking the time to show him, like, hey, with this dish, like, there's still, you know, got to make sure we get all the food off of it, and then we use soap and water on it to make sure that it's sanitized and it's clean, and we rinse it off, we put it in the basket. Mm-hmm. So it's the slowing down and taking the time to explain these life skills to these children, and remembering how you felt as a child, if you if you have a distinct memory, um, like I do. Or if anything is being recalled for you now in this yeah, moment. Yeah, about 
a time that somebody got upset with you because you didn't do things to their standards, but and they never... you didn't even know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, like, the first time I ever washed laundry on my own, um, it was... So it was a load of socks and like other white clothes but my mom like yelled at me like got angry and like brought like pulled me by the shirt into the laundry room the next day and was like yelling at me because there was sand in the dryer and I was just like what I was like what's the problem I don't understand the problem here and she's just like oh like why didn't you unroll the socks and wring them out and make sure that there was no sand in them and I was like you didn't tell me to do that she's like I told you to wash laundry I was like I've never washed laundry yeah, before do, like do you understand the vagueness in yeah, your statement yeah. all of a sudden and she like, she probably didn't no and she, she didn't she was like oh you've washed laundry before I was like I have not I was like you do understand you have birthed five children this child right here has never washed laundry you might be mistaken with me with one of your other children yeah but I have never washed laundry before I did the best I could. I, yeah. I replicated what I had seen you do, which was put the laundry in, dump some soap in. Like, I don't even remember how much soap I dumped in. Like, I probably put way too much. But <laughs> dump some soap in and push the start button. I was like, that's all I did. I didn't change any of the settings. I didn't unroll anything. I didn't separate clothes by color or anything. Mm -hmm. It was literally, I just took one basket and dumped it in. Yep, that's how I did it for years, too. But that memory, that being that ashamed or that feeling that judged in that moment, like, has was burned into my memories and like I recall it all the time and I remember I think it was in college <laughs> it might have been in high school but I think it was in, in one of my college classes um, one of our assignments was to write the instructions on how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and we all failed we all failed that assignment the first time because we were all too vague we were like put the put the peanut butter and jelly on the bread put it together eat the sandwich and our professor put up the the actual steps of you have to locate the bread you have to take the bread out of the container whatever like close the container down. get the yes. peanut butter and jelly out get a knife out yeah. unscrew the lid to the peanut butter and jelly and stick the knife in and scoop it up and then slather it on the bread like right. there's so many more steps so it's when you're teaching somebody a new skill for the first time and you want to or second time or second time or hundredth time because mm. everybody's different everybody takes more Whatever, but it's and all... your interest level, I think, makes a difference of it too. One hundred percent. But it's all it all comes back to control, and it all comes back to if you are in a position of leadership or teaching somebody how to do something, like or being a human being. Yeah, being a decent human being, uh, showing them, understanding that you might want the situation to have a certain outcome, but to influence that outcome, you have to be willing to pause, evaluate the situation, and change your instructions or your your interaction with the situation to make sure that your influence on the situation can help better your odds of having the outcome that you want because i won't i still won't say you just, unless you're doing the dang thing yourself and there are no outside factors you still can't control the actual outcome no you just have to it is what it is it is what it is i would agree with that as well yeah um so i was having a conversation um, with someone the other day and they were referencing how, like, it was like a 14 year old was talking like a 12 year old and said something like, what are you stupid? You know, like, mm. and people will say things like that. Like, you didn't think to empty this dish before you, you know, put it in the dishwasher that like, you know, no. Right. Yeah. You know, and to use a phrase like that, I think is just, I don't like to use the word offensive, but it is because it's like, who are you to assume what a person does and does not know, mm -hmm. you know? And why does it matter if they do or do not oh, yeah. do a thing a certain way or know a certain fact or whatever it is that you're referring to when it's something like, 
very minuscule and insignificant in the grand scheme of things, generally speaking. Like, mm-hmm. what are you stupid? You didn't know that the Broncos didn't win this. You know, like something like yeah. that. Like, what do you? What do you? Why? Why would that be something that would be pertinent information in my life? Uh, and the craziest thing about that is, like, so I was listening to some, uh, a book this morning, and it the question was, is everything that's like known in the universe accessible to every human being? Mm-hmm. And my internal self said yes immediately when I heard the question but and then when they responded and said absolutely and my outside goes huh like surprise why is that a surprise one of my knee-jerk reaction is hell no because we all come from different situations and different have different circumstances but theoretically everything is available right (sighs) it is it is available it doesn't mean that Okay, an aboriginal yes, yes. person in Australia who lives in a remote <laughs> island by themselves will necessarily get the opportunity yes, to learn okay. about Facebook. Yes, but I agree with that statement. It's so all there. It all everything that exists for you exists the same for me because if it's physically well, not the same, but is is accessible to you. Well, it exists. I will say because being sure. accessible sure. is yeah, the yeah. difference. Is it, so yes, I agree with the okay. statement that everything that exists in the world exists for you and me and the next person and the next person, whatever. Yeah. If it exists, it there are no like only for you or only if it exists, it exists. Right. But accessibility, that's where that and that's where my knee jerk reaction. No, but it, yeah, but maybe that was what it was for me as well. I don't know. I don't know to be honest, but I had heard this phrase when I was young, very young, um, and it was talking about school and tuition and stuff. Of how it's. Um, crazy to think that there could be a mind out there that could unlock the cure to cancer but would never be able to afford the education to learn how to do it oh yeah and that's just like that's it right there like when you profit off of something like that and i would say i can't say i can't i can't say not like make a living like right it's what i make a living doing but i would say making an obscene profit um that does i mean is like if it's not doing greater good mm-hmm. you know yeah you know what i'm saying you know where i'm well, going yeah. with well, that well that's my my very first thought was like low income school districts yeah. like there's or third world countries or third world countries like there's there's still a country still an island that exists on planet earth that it does not have any western influence whatsoever like they don't don't even know about us white people, is that what you're saying? Yeah, like they they legit like no white person has ever successfully landed, oh, landed on this, this island to, like, go away. <laughs> and survived because these people are I can't uh, I can't remember the proper term for them, but they are they are indigenous. Indigenous, yes. They are still in the caveman like mindset because they, you know, they still live in huts. They still, you know, hunt. I wouldn't spears. say caveman. I would say primitive. Primitive. Okay. Yeah, yes. Yeah, primitive. Yeah. Because they, there is no like there is no communication with them with any other outside person or influence or technology whatsoever. Like they see boats from afar and they run into the water to attack them because they they perceive it as a threat. They don't know what it is, to my understanding, um, but they just they know that it's not one of them and they they try to attack it so it's they will never access some of the things that we have yeah, access to but but it still exists within the same realm oh yeah um and if you you know how that one time we got off this tangent when we're getting to another off tangent today when you asked me if i thought what i thought about time and how it exists and how we were discussing there's no past there's no future there's only now mm-hmm. Um, even though we feel like both of the things exist and moments can be recalled that almost feel mm-hmm. 
real as well. So theoretically, all of that stuff, it's stored somewhere. Yeah. Right? It's all accessible. Everything. You, you, you help a tiny little beetle when you stop on the sidewalk to flip it, flip it over because <laughs> it's on his back and his little leg. The entire universe is impacted by that. Like, yeah, butterfly effect. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's crazy to think that your level of control about who you are and what your actions are, your thoughts are. Oh, man. Do you remember a couple of years ago? Let's take it back. Let's go ahead and bring out a 2018, Rachel. Okay. I can tell you very specifically it was the Vegas shooting. And um, I was I was actually even... <laughs> doesn't matter. Okay. I was at a point in my life where if you said anything about sending thoughts and prayers to me, I would tell you to, like, mm-hmm. shove it. Um, especially in the midst of something like that. I'm like, thoughts and prayers do not do shit. Mm-hmm. We need legislation. We need accountability. You know, whatever, whatever. Um, and... I think this week alone, I probably sent out a dozen thoughts and prayers to people. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I can be, I can remember being in that moment and just thinking, like, what, what is wrong with people to think that that will enact some kind of change? But here's where we're at today, right? It does. Because if I, as a person, am intentionally thinking well wishes for my best friend and having a baby this year, if I am intentionally thinking about my best friend, another friend who, you know, is, um, having an MRI to determine some type of diagnosis of mm-hmm. something, right? I can send that person well wishes and hope for the best for them. And whatever the situation is, whoever the person is, whatever the circumstances that you're wishing these things upon, that's where your energy level is, right? If you're thinking bad things, you're, you know, nefariously planning or wishing or whatever, that's your energy. Mm-hmm. That's what your energy is. And so regardless if you think you're creating a vibrational voodoo doll to the, mm-hmm. the specific person that you're upset about, you will not only be bringing that in for yourself, but you're, you're affecting other people because when you go out into the world, and that's all you've been thinking about all morning is, you know, um, planning your, your getaway, whatever, you're going to be snappy to other people. You're going to have a shorter temper with children. You're not going to have as much patience. So that's how it is the ripple effect. And that's why they, everything I read says we'll never have world peace. It's just not something that can happen. Um, but that's why, you know, um, it's important to have thoughts and prayers. Thoughts oh, yeah. and prayers. And it was funny because I, I told them, I was like, I'm going to send you thoughts and prayers, but don't you dare tell anybody I said that. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean. And that's your level of control, by the way. It is. What you can think about that person's situation and what you can wish for their intention to be. Yeah, and your interaction. You can't control whether or not your friend gets diagnosed with cancer. No. But you can definitely hope for her best. It's so strange for me because, like, this just popped into my head, but I have, as I shared earlier, I have always been the person that wants to have control of every situation, and I legitimately would cut people out of my life if I could not have control over a situation. Maybe that's why I cut my father out of my life, but that's the conversation for another day. Um, (laughs) But then, in regards, you know, my baby's kicking, so, like, my my thoughts automatically go to, like, baby and the, the impending arrival and delivery of her. But it goes to, I keep having these conversations with medical professionals about what my hopes are for delivery and the different types of medical care that I hope to receive or or plan for things like breastfeeding, things like that. And every single conversation that I have with them, I'm like, ah, well, I'd really like to do this, but I have zero emotional attachment to it. And it's so weird to me because I'm like, 
that show that proves to me my level of growth and personal development because normally I'd be like this is what's happening and I will not I will be one of those those mothers in labor that refuses to like let go of her birth plan and I don't even want to I don't have a birth plan I have like things that I want to do but like I understand that if everybody's baby, different and every baby's different baby's every different is different exactly is different <laughs> exactly so it's like I don't really think that I have a birth plan. Like, I understand my options and the option, like, I have, like, a like a hierarchy system. Like, yeah. this is my first choice, my second choice, my third choice, but yeah. I don't really have a plan. So whatever needs to happen, let it happen. Yeah. So it's just, it's, I don't know. It's I, on a marker board. It's not written in stone. Yeah. Like, I, li- I literally just had this, like, aha, like, kind of, like, I'm really proud of myself moment because the, to, to most women, at least in my experience, like, their birth plan is, like, a huge deal. Like, they are very invested emotionally into they. this is how they want their their birth plan to go and they have a hard time letting go of control of it and if mm-hmm. it doesn't go their way then it it severely negatively impacts their postpartum and their mental health and things because they it can things, it, it can. can well some of the women in my life it, it did mm-hmm. severely impact mm-hmm. their mental health postpartum but it's just I don't I, it's so weird that I'm so happy that I waited to have children until this stage of my life like I'm I'm sure that you know, five years more of personal development would have put me at an even better place mentally to have children. But I'm so glad that 2018 just didn't have babies or mm-hmm. 2014 babies because 2020 just is a completely different mind, body, and soul. Like, I just think of everything different. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I was going to pat myself on the back there. Little, Good. Little proud moment. Yay, yay, yay. So... You know, it's definitely not a one-stop shop as we've talked about repeatedly. I mean, like, it's hard to say, like, what I feel like is some of the most useful tools that you can have in personal development. But relief is, I think, the biggest thing people are searching for, mm-hmm. generally speaking. Um, and this focus of control is definitely one of the cogs in the wheel. Yeah. And forgiveness mm-hmm. is another. Uh unconditional love for self as well as everything beyond um some understanding in the difference between little self and big self i am versus small i am that's that would be the same reference to why you only ever see god is a capital h you know in the middle of a sentence god is a capital h like if it i'm sorry if they refer to he my bad sorry oh okay yeah because god's always capitalized obviously but if they refer to he it's always a capital H. Oh, weird. Um, yeah, I just pulled a key out of my bra. I think that's the second time <laughs> since the podcast. I'm sorry. That was so random. It was poking me. I just I, remember I just thought there. you had like an itch or something. So like I didn't like register that you were reaching into your shirt and then all of a sudden you pull out this key <laughs> out of your fucking Sorry. Bra. It's totally just naturally part of my life, that's right? That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, like when you refer to self or I am. I mean, obviously, I is capitalized, right? Yeah. So there's a correlation and connection to that, just so you know. Um, I don't think control is actually on the emotional scale, though. I think it's, that would be just a... Well, I think it's, it's ego or... Uh, well, ego itself is not. Ego is the thing that can is producing all of these things besides love. Because love is the ultimate feeling. Love is the enlightenment. Love is the joy. That's that's it. So ego is the thing that creates fear, worry, jealousy, sense. all oh, of the things. I feel like it would be somewhere around anger or maybe just worry. Potentially. Like, 
I think resistance. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. There's just so many things. So many things you could be working on. Um, so many things you should be working on and just remembering um, what we're just talking about. Like, so you would, because you would just said, I'm so grateful that I'm having kids now and maybe if I would have had kids in five years, I'd be even a better parent. Yeah, pretend, I mean, more than likely, yes. Most right. people, regardless if they're a low-level parent or the highest of the highest parents, you know, they tend to either stay stagnant or increase. I guess that's not necessarily true. Some parents do get worse. That's not a fair statement, I think. But what you're saying, it, I, let me I guess, let me reframe that. If you're in personal development, yes. that was another thing. Just today, this is thanks universe for all this. Okay, um, once somebody learns about enlightenment, they what I've been hearing pretty consistently is that people are never then satisfied. Like they're never they never feel like where they're at's good. Like, mm-hmm. and, well, I shouldn't say that. It's not about not feeling good. It's about like I want more. I I, I want to be a better person. I want to feel this joy more. So you're always searching. So the really powerful thing about it is that you often feel like I don't know that I'm equipped or far enough along or even how I come far enough along. Mm-hmm. But you'll start to become more secure in knowing that you are. And you got to do the best you can with what you know, right? So mm-hmm. in five years from now, you'll still be a parent, right? So yeah. you'll still be able to impart wisdom and still steer the course the best that you can. Um, it was referred to me by laying down the breadcrumbs mm-hmm. and shining the light to show the way. And that makes perfect sense to me, right? Um, don't hold their hand and don't tell them where to go. Just show them how to get there. So, you know, because when you said, I'm so glad I didn't have babies in 2014, I'm like, ah, I had a kid in 2007, right? You know, and that definitely was a terrible time as a person and individual to be a parent. Um, and I definitely feel like there's ripple effects that I still am dealing with as a parent now for my 12 year old that I'm undoing. Mm-hmm. I'm undoing from that time. But then there's also, you know, I feel like um, Cole's dad is moving through personal development very slowly only because he just, he's j- like, just just getting the uh, attaboys enough to be like I deserve to yeah. feel good I you know we're, we're we're in that stage but still when there's two different expectations of how to parent or um, comparison of like what I like to loosely say the friendship version versus the parenting version uh, which I can relate to I came from it um, and when you don't know better you don't do better <laughs> you know so um, yeah it's it's exhausting, um, to say the least, but at least there's no guilt there. It's just my intention is I'm doing the best I can. So got to keep forging ahead and mostly leading by example, mm-hmm. you know, and choosing your words carefully. Ta-da! So if you feel like you're struggling with anxiety, that's what I would do is I would do the exercise we talk about pretty frequently where you got to just slow your thought process down. Right now it's probably just out of control. Like, I think about when my anxiety gets high, I don't even know that I'm paying attention to finishing a sentence in my brain. Like, I don't even, I think it's just happening. And all I can, all I can hear myself doing is I think, I thought, what about this? What about that? Like, I don't even hear the rest of it. It's all of that beginning stuff. And so I can generally feel like that. Like, I feel like my awareness internally is stemming into my body, which I know sounds hippie, but it's, again, it's just like the connection of going, things are feeling sped up. Things are feeling... A little, okay, back and forth. Your head just is like, where am I at? What am I doing? This is where you start in the kitchen to do a dish and you end up starting your laundry in the basement kind of 
mentality. Oh, yeah. I've been able to recognize that kind of stuff. And sometimes it's like in the beginning stages, it's like good because it's like fast momentum, it's higher energy. But you just have to make sure you dial it back and know that that it doesn't become it, manic. Behavior. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, and not processing anything. Yeah, yeah. For a long time, that's what my behavior would be. Was <clears throat> was that I would. I was never diagnosed with bipolar disorder. I was never diagnosed with any mental health disorder because for the longest time prior to myself or personal development journey, I didn't want to seek help. I didn't want to seek the people that would diagnose me with those things, but I would very much so have the, the really low lows where I would do nothing for weeks and could barely get out of bed to go to work or, and or would call into work sick for multiple days because I just didn't have the energy to do anything. Yep. And then I would, and it, I would be kind of like in this, no thought like zero thought process like because i just i was avoiding detached. i was so detached i was avoiding any type of thought process yep it's and then, apathetic and then once i started to kind of open up the doors to be like okay like i don't like this feeling i want to get i want a different feeling i still wasn't choosing good feelings but i was choosing the okay now open the doors a little bit and the, all of the thoughts started flooding in and all of the the self-doubt, the the self-like loathing and how like you're such a worthless piece of human, you know, you, you, you've laid in bed for four days, you haven't even brushed your hair, you haven't, you know, taken a bath, you haven't done the dishes, you haven't called that person back, you haven't gotten that customer's order out, blah, 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 whatever it is, all of those thoughts would come in instantly. And then it was like, I would literally like just jump out of bed and have so much manic energy because yep. there's a difference between having like positive energy and manic energy yes. and I would get all of the things done so quickly but it was it was because I could not slow down my thoughts or my brain and I felt like I had to move at that pace like I had to match that right. that pace the internal dialogue but then it would be I would burn myself out so quickly Correct. that that my high back into the low yes my highs yeah. would last maybe 12 hours my lows would last four or five days yeah and it was yeah, just, it was yeah, just yeah. A very bad it was a very very awful way to live and i'm so glad that i figured out slowly but surely that there was a better way to live and a better way to feel right better feelings right and that was what just just explained was literally the way that my therapist explained to me that you definitely are exhibiting some signs of anxiety mm -hmm. and i had no idea had no idea. I was very aware of depression, very aware of the feeling, the low-level feeling and mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Had no idea. And I definitely know that I have not had anxiety. I don't, I, mean, no, I don't think I've had anxiety. I definitely was much more heavily depressed most of my um, 20s, I would say. Um, early 20s. So... Yeah, the the swinging back and forth. Like I, this is that's the thing I try to speak the most about to people who feel like things are out of control or they just need to slow down or whatever or, um, any of that. It just like if you if it sounds familiar, it is. Mm -hmm. And this this is also you know in my opinion sped up if your lifestyle is this way. Like if your oh, yeah. job is the kind of thing where it's high pace, high pace, and then maybe backs off and high pace high pace whatever even if that's like selling or in healthcare whatever it is um you know that's that's something to think about if you are binging and eating that way if you're getting high sugar doses in your life and then you're crushing 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 and then you're starving yourself because you're trying to do better and then you it's the same thing it's all the same thing your body is not equipped to handle the ups and downs that way and you know you don't want it anyway because it doesn't feel good mm -hmm. none of it feels good what you're searching for is flow mm -hmm. it's the middle pace and you cannot deny that you feel the most relief there, mm -hmm. right? And it's not to say that good things don't really jump you off the scale a little bit higher and things on the bottom will pull you down as well. That does happen. But again, it's the choice of how long will I choose to be here instead of 
getting back to that middle ground where I want to be because I like flow. Mm -hmm. And then the power to rise your level of flow to better feel or better feelings and better feelings and better feelings so that your flow level operates in joy, in love, in bliss. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm going to have to teach that to my daughter mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So, y'all, it's a process for sure. Like I said, like, it took me, I don't even think that my um, therapist and I got to that conversation. And I mean, I couldn't honestly tell you now, but it was a minimum probably six months to a year before we even got that. Yeah. So just know that wherever you're at, it's okay. And if you're like, I don't even know if that's what it is. It sounds kind of familiar, but I don't want to label myself. I mean, listen, we're the ones that call call it something. Mm -hmm. All it is is your emotion out of whack, right? So call it whatever you want. It doesn't have to be anxiety. It doesn't have to be depression. But you just know it's a bad feeling or it's not uh, the best feeling you could choose if you realized you had control to choose. So let me make it more vague and just say you know that there could be a better feeling. Yeah. So start there and... Yeah, and I mean, this is an exercise that I never did myself, but I had heard offered to many many of my friends is keeping an emotion like journal and just at the end of the day just your gut instinct your gut reaction how did I feel today good or bad and you don't have to get any more in depth than that did I feel good or did I feel bad today like overall and then you just for a month whatever however long you can keep doing that consistently just at the end of the night write down did you feel good or did you feel bad and then you look back at it and you and you see like were there more good feelings or bad feelings and is, and do it, I want more good feelings exactly. or more bad feelings? How how do I feel about the averages that I had or whatever? And you know you can get a, you can get so much more in depth if you want, but in the basic form, did you feel good today or did you feel bad today? Right, right. Because I, what ultimately wins? How many in the bucket? Exactly. Yeah. Because then I I mean because then you could take it a step further and you could track your like if you're a female you could track your menstrual cycle. Oh yeah. And you could see the correlation between yes. your good feelings Hormones, and your biking. Yep. Yes, 100%. Yep. Um you can definitely track if you're on certain medications. Um if you are consistent in taking those medications, how anniversary reminders. Yeah, exactly. Um, so passings of loved ones, yeah, if there's trigger anything. Yeah, and mm-hmm. how you know Days you days you work versus days you don't work. Think yeah. like days you, you have your children full time versus days Correct. that they're in school or they're with their or they go parents. the day they go back to their parent yes. after you had them for two weeks yes. or something. <laughs> I mean, there's so many outside influences in our life, and like because as much as you want to try and influence other people, everything you encounter is influencing you as and well. Your mood, yes, um, simultaneously. So and sometimes there's conflict because two things are trying to influence each other to a different outcome. So mm-hmm. conflict. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. So it's that basic emotion journal and if you want to start with good and bad and then you know reach out for the uh, emotional guidance scale from miss rachel that she has taped to her wall which i, I love. do i do um or google just google, yeah, you emotional, can google it emotional guidance scale it's an abraham hicks one you can find i mean you, you can find there's so many different versions yeah. of it yeah but then but then you know adding in a couple more feelings a couple more like specific feelings you know did you worry a lot today did you have a lot of anger today did you have a lot of apathy apathy or joy Mm -hmm. you know and then tracking that just your overall this is how i felt and then you could get it even a little bit more and just be like okay in the morning i felt this in the afternoon i felt this at night i felt this overall today i felt this yeah and you can see how you can track that you know, around breakfast time when I'm having my morning coffee, I feel bliss or whatever. You know, you can... Serenity. You can yeah. start to track your feelings. And I I think that in theory for myself, that would help me greatly is tracking, 
like well i mean in the larger scale too if you like you're saying like right now if you're like you're noticing your trend is i really appreciate quiet time in the morning before the entire house is up or mm -hmm. i really appreciate that quiet time in the evening with my partner after we wound down you're going to be really in tune with the things that motivate you for happier emotions. And so as example, like I know for a fact that that's one of my motivators in life is to be home at night and mm -hmm. around that time to wind down with family. Right. So how do I cultivate a lifestyle to give me more of those things and not a, my life is not there right now and woe is me and I'll never get there because you'll just, you won't get there, Yeah. but you've already thought of it as a thought. So now it's possible. Exactly. So you can have everything you want. I know it's hard to believe, but it is so true. And everything that everybody is searching for is the emotional frequency that you would get when you get the thing you want. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's, it's not that I really want a Lamborghini. It's that I want the feeling, feeling. of owning a Lamborghini, yeah. whether it's the financial freedom to be able to do so, the social status that it brings because your favorite color is white with mm -hmm. red interior. Whatever the feeling brings, that's exactly what it is. And that is hard because I think that's where most people get hung up is I don't have the big house. I don't have that thing. But you need to dial it back. And that's where that abundance of gratitude makes so much sense, right? Is because, like, this is not the biggest office I've ever had. Well, I mean, I don't have I mean, it is. You know what I mean? But um, uh, let, let's, I don't know. Like, I, I, could, I could definitely have a more modern fan in my office, right? Or I could be incredibly appreciative that I have a home where we have enough bedrooms for everybody and I still have a place to do my work, mm -hmm. right? So that will eventually be larger things. That will be the office I have with the dream chandelier and a fuzzy rug or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, because not only am I envisioning it for myself, I am getting those stepping stones into believing that it's true and possible and knowing that is it because it's for show that I have the chandelier and the fuzzy rug or is it because those are things that make me feel successful or I appreciate ambiance as I'm working mm -hmm. in this room for eight hours a day or whatever it becomes. Does that make sense too? Mm -hmm. So um, I think there's some really, really powerful importance to that because when you can sit, sit, uh, sit in a moment and go like, I'm feeling worry, anxiety, what is it? Well, it's either a lack of something or a fear of something or something like that, right? Well, okay, so how would I change that feeling around? And then you start focusing from motivation from that perspective and bye-bye worry, bye anxiety, bye yeah. stress, not overnight, but... We definitely need to um, come up with a children's class or like... I'm telling you. How to teach parents... I thought about you again this afternoon with that, and I'll talk to you about it after we get up here. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we hope that you got something from this today. Like I said, like, one, if you were offended at all by anything that we said, just know that, well, you probably aren't listening anymore if you were, but um, th that was intentional. Like, not from us, but, like, why? Why did it bug you? Is it something that we said that you're like, that's not possible? It doesn't sound like horse hockey, whatever. <laughs> that's nothing. But anyway, um, <laughs> That's number one. Number two, if you feel like you got, you got some value from this, please make sure you let us know. Like, we, yeah. we'd we love to hear from you. And um, we've been getting more and more messages, which has been just really powerful. And if there's things that you want us to talk about, let us know in the – well, there's no comments here, so you got to message one of us. Right. Uh, and let us know. We would love, love, love to do that. So um, share it with your girlfriends. You can put it in their DMs. You don't have to get it on their uh, feeds if you don't want to. Put it in text message. It is totally free. It makes you beautiful. So tell them where they can find you photoswithanderson.com or on Facebook. You can also search for that private group for women 18 years or older. It's Boudoir Photos with Anderson. Perfect. And perspective coaching mentor, mentor, oh my gosh, 
perspective coaching, mentoring, whatever it is that you want to call it. That's what I got going on. I got empowerment classes, one-to-ones, uh, free in-home parties if you need some experience that way. And of course, the VIP page where you're going to be 18 years or older and a feminine energy to be a part of it. So we love y'all. Thank you so much for being a part of what we do here. It's so much validation and I can't get enough of it. So until we see you next week, stay happy, stay healthy, and wash your hands. Bye. Bye.